The Major League Baseball regular season has 18 days remaining out to the KDUS hotline we go uh, to break down uh, the American League West and a little on the NL wild card race and uh, I'm guessing maybe some more. Uh, we're now joined the sports zone by Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. And Zach, always good to have you. Over the uh, last few weeks, I've actually been most intrigued by watching the seemingly daily changing uh, American League West. And and let's start with the Astros, um, who oddly the last two nights have lost at home with Framber Valdez and Justin Verlander on the mound against against Oakland. They're now 37 and 37 at home this year. The Astros are. What the heck's going on there? Yeah, it's pretty weird. Those Oakland scores were, uh, I will admit, I refreshed my browser page just to make sure that something wasn't messed <laughs> up. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if you saw, there, there was a story in The Athletic by Chandler Rome that is the only explanation I've seen at all for the home struggles, which is uh, some of the players think the batting eye in Houston might be uh, a little harder to see this year than usual or or has maybe evolved in some way that's made it harder to hit in Houston. Although, you know, the thing about that, as someone in the article pointed out, the opposing team has to hit there too. (laughs) So it's not, uh, it's not a home only issue. And so I don't think there's necessarily any fundamental flaw with the Astros where they can't hit at home. I don't think it's, I don't even know that it'll continue. Uh, obviously, being a great road team, which they have to be to get to their overall 82 and 64 record, that's pretty hard to do too. So, I- I'm not sure if you can take much from that. I-, I haven't looked into whether maybe their opponents have been more difficult at home. That's certainly a possibility. That's just the way their schedule shakes out. They've played better teams at home so far, but uh, it- it's pretty weird, and it's still. It feels inevitable every year that Houston's somehow going to rise to the top of this division, and and this year has been uh, less inevitable than usual. So the yeah. Rangers and Mariners have been making these huge, you know, swings and winning streaks to try to get up to the top, but Houston's still uh, temporarily holding it down. Okay, I'll get to the uh, Rangers and Mariners in a minute. Let, let's stick with the Astros for one more, at least one more question here. You know, what do they need to do more more consistently? What do they need to be you know, better at on a consistent level to win the division? I, I mean, I think they're just a little less deep than they have been in previous years. Uh, you know, you look at that lineup, and it, it approximated what we think of as the Braves lineup now for, you know, ever since 2017, it's been this murderer's row of, every single hitter is above average, and they really can't say that this year. Uh, Jose Abreu has been better lately, but that signing has not worked out the way they probably envisioned. He, he's kind of hit the wrong side of the aging curve at exactly the wrong time for them. Uh, postseason hero last year, Jeremy Pena, again, better lately, but not exactly taking the huge leap forward that they probably had hoped. And they're still kind of trying to figure out the outfield rotation beyond the obviously great Kyle Tucker and Wright. Uh, They're circling through Chaz McCormick, Jake Myers. And there was a bit of a controversy about this, too, about why Chaz McCormick is not playing every day necessarily. Uh, He has by far the best OPS plus 
and just overall best hitting line. And I guess maybe the thought is uh, that he doesn't bring as much on defense as Jake Myers does. But I, I think there's a real question to be asked there about why he doesn't get total complete playing time there. Uh, but it's you know it's a tough needle to thread. They're they're still relying heavily on Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker, which is a great top three to have, and I think it pretty much comes down to they're not the world beaters that they have been, largely because they don't have quite the same number of strong, everyday, definitely great regulars. As a baseball fan, I certainly understand the importance of defense, but as a Chaz McCormick fantasy owner, I want him to play every day. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. All right. Uh, Texas has been in first place uh, for the most days of any team in the American League West. Uh, but they, they actually look kind of cooked before this current four-game winning streak, including wins the last couple of days at Toronto. Away from the obvious Matt Scherzer injury situation right now, you know, wh- why is Bruce Bochy's team kind of faded here, uh, say, after you know, pretty much August the 1st? Yeah, they really had uh, an everything-is-going-right-for-them season up until exactly when you said August 1st. It, it seemed like, other than Corey Seager missing a little bit of time, they just, everything was great. Uh, since then, you know, they've hit a rough patch, and I think it's feasible that they will pop back up like they are right now and kind of level off at a reasonable place where they make the playoffs, but maybe don't run away with this division. They have an injury right now to Adolis Garcia. Josh Young has been out for a little bit. Uh, And you're just seeing some regression from from other guys. Ezekiel Duran hasn't been as good filling in this time around as he was early in the season when Corey Seager was out. And their their bullpen has struggled a little bit recently. And I think that was the, the weakness of the team Coming into the season, they, they did some things to try to address that, but it hasn't necessarily worked as well as they would hope. Uh, we saw Max Scherzer get lit up against the Astros. They had a, a very bad series against the Astros, which I, I think kind of accentuated the feeling of doom around that team. But they need to, to get Nathan Eovaldi fully back into the groove of things. He was out with an injury for a while. I think we don't know what the Max Scherzer injury situation is. That could be a very big deal for them. But uh, if Evaldi can be back fully healthy and they can just kind of level off with uh, find their level in the bullpen and in the lineup, I I think this is a playoff team. It just really took a dive there for a little bit. Okay, so the Mariners. Good starting pitching. Julio Rodriguez is really good. Uh, but they have they've had several long stretches of being really good, but then lately here they've had some stretches of not being good at all. You know why the wild swing and stretches were kind of both ways in in Seattle? I think a lot of it comes down to you know they're kind of a uh, a half team that they have an amazing pitching staff, and the pitching has been pretty consistent. You you will occasionally get a you know, injury interruption where they have to go with, uh, you know, I think it was an opener and then bolt guy, Luke Weaver. And it's like, well, they're not going to win that game. And I don't think they did. So it's, you know, you'll have those occasional moments of if the pitching staff can't carry them, they're really up a creek. And for a while they had that offense 
going strong because Julio was the hottest hitter on earth. Teoscar Hernandez was having his best stretch of the year. J.P. Crawford has been really good this year. Pretty much throughout, Eugenio Suarez was hitting. Cal Raleigh's been hot lately. So the hot streak came with the offense having more than just a couple of contributors at any given time. And it wasn't likely that they were all going to stay hot the rest of the season, and they haven't. They're, some of them have cooled back off, and so you're back to a Mariners team that is sort of hot and cold based on where they are in rotation. If a pitcher has a bad game, if a pitcher's hurt, you know, we saw the, the George Kirby game where he felt like he was out of gas after six innings, went back out to the seventh. They blew that game. And, you know, he was frustrated after the game and, and said as much. So I, I think it really comes down to they don't have necessarily the balance to be able to rely on their offense on nights when the pitching doesn't have it. So you end up with some, some pretty wild swings. So bottom line, who wins the American League West? I, I am going to take the Mariners. I, I know that kind of counteracts everything I'd just said, but they have this crucial season stretch against the Rangers and Astros, and they play the vast majority of it at home. I think they can probably put together enough of a streak, and I, I do like their starting pitching, uh, especially health-wise. They are the youngest and healthiest of the starting rotation, and I think I will take that assurance out of the three right now. Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports curling the sports zone. All right, on to the National League wild card we go. Let's start with the Diamondbacks, uh, who start today barely in the final playoff spot. You know, can they just basically get by here with two reliable starting pitchers and an inconsistent bullpen? Maybe. I, I think, uh, you know, if you're looking at, Main competition, the closest competition, I should say, right now is the Cincinnati Reds, who probably have even less of a reliable pitching staff. So, sure, yeah, Zombex can, can beat that. Uh, Miami and San Francisco have sort of the opposite situation where they have a lot of pitching and the hitting isn't always there. Uh, I do think the Diamondbacks win games in a lot of ways. I, I think it's interesting to watch them run the bases and take extra bases and really make the most of every single hit they get. Uh, we saw them almost rally back against the Mets last night after a rough pitching game. So I think they have enough to do it. I would probably still pick them out of this group. I, you know, they have the second best run differential so far of the, the four teams racing for that final wild card spot to the giants. And, the Giants just have not really looked up to it recently, and I, I don't believe in the Giants' offense enough to say, yeah, I think they'll come back and get them. It's it's obviously within a game and a half with four of these teams. So any injury, any cold streak could uh, totally do in any of these teams. But out of the group, I, I do still think I like the Diamondbacks to hold on. Don't sleep on the Phillies, uh, something you wrote about recently. Tell us tell us why we shouldn't be sleeping on the Phillies. The Phillies are a Dave Dombrowski team, and that means they are top-heavy. <laughs> uh, in, in the regular season, that has some risks. I mean, it, it, it leads to ups and downs in a way that, you know, the Dodgers don't 
team to ever have. They're the Dodgers' 27th guy in the organization is really, really good, and the Phillies is not. Uh, but when you narrow it down to postseason competition and you have the entire lineup chock full of Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner, and JT Realmuto, that group is, uh, for one, they got Trey Turner hitting again. Uh, he's on an absolute hot streak to end all hot streaks. And I think when you look forward to October, you narrow down those rosters to it's going to be the best nine guys every day and the best you know three or four pitchers. That really brings the Phillies up to the same level with some teams that have far better records than them. I think we saw them... You know, lose the series, but go toe to toe with the Braves this week, and I, I would anticipate they will give either the Braves, the Dodgers, somebody a really, really good run for their money, if not totally beat them in October. Okay, the Cubs. Other than Justin Steele, who's been my Cy Young pick for weeks, by the way, I've been you know preaching this for you know, at least a month. Anyway, other than him, do they have enough starting pitching for eighteen more days? For eighteen more days. Sure, I, I think they'll they can make that work. I you know Adbert Alvarez, one of their best relievers, just went on the IL, which is a, a little worrisome. But I, I think their best two starters beyond Steele, you know, you Jamison Tyon is the the next name that comes to mind. But I think you could make a case that right now the the best pitchers for them beyond Steele are Javier Assad and Jordan Wicks, two guys who were not in yeah. the rotation to start the season. We're not in the rotation uh, two months ago. Uh, they've both been pitching really well. Uh, Assad's a little bit of a like late bloomer, never a huge prospect guy, but he's in his age 25 season, and he kind of fits the mold of some of the more successful Cubs starters. He, he gets ground balls. He gets weak contact. He has really good command and uses that to his advantage, and so far he's got a 3.10 ERA uh, across 95 and two-thirds innings this year, uh, only nine starts, but those nine starts have been really good. And Jordan Wicks is a big prospect. He came up, he's made four starts with a 1.99 ERA. Uh, I don't know exactly what his inning threshold is for them this year, but I would expect that they're planning to use him as much as they feasibly can down the stretch. And if, if you go into the playoffs, which I think the Cubs will make the playoffs, I think there's got to be some consideration of is it Steele, Wicks, Assad, Bio, you know, what's that rotation look like? I, I think with those younger guys, you'll, you'll probably want to run four men instead of a, try to circle through a three man. But uh, I, I think they have enough to make it. I, I don't think they have enough to, to really compete hard with the Dodgers, Braves, and Phillies. Talking Major League Baseball, Zach Kreiser from Yahoo Sports. You mentioned the, the Reds and the Giants. Let me ask you one thing specifically about the Marlins. Are they just kind of cooked without Sandy Alcantara and Jorge, Jorge Soler, the, maybe the, possibly the rest of the season? You know, Alcantara wasn't having his best year, which is kind of an understatement. He was having a pretty bad year by his standards. Uh, so I don't know that over 18 games it's necessarily going to doom them that Alcantara's not there. I think the Solaire injury might be a bigger deal in that he was such a huge piece of their power threat. They extend the, you know, they accentuated that as a deadline with Jake Berger, who has helped, and Josh Bell. But I, I don't know that they quite have the firepower. Their best pitcher, 
had been our most consistent veteran pitcher had been Jesus Lozardo, and he got lit up the other night. So they're kind of running out of opportunities to step on the gas and make this work. And I, I think you're, you're right that if they're going to do it, they need it to be a, you know, this pitcher, that pitcher, this pitcher, they just a run of good starts and losing Alcantara diminishes their chances of putting those all together, even though he wasn't necessarily at his best. Okay, last up, I, I, w- I want to counter your don't sleep on the Phillies with don't sleep on the Brewers. Uh, they have good okay. pitching, starter, starters and relievers. Uh, they play excellent defense. Their offense has improved since the trade deadline, and they have an elite manager. Am I crazy to think that the NL team with the best chance to beat the Braves would be the Brewers? No, definitely not crazy. I uh, I'm, I'm, I saw the Brewers this week. I'm working on a story about Craig Council, who I totally agree is an elite manager, and I definitely think he will get the most out of his team, which you characterize correctly. It's an amazing pitching staff, a dicey offense that has been better lately, and I think the most encouraging thing, you know, we saw the near no hitter from Corbin Burns at Yankee Stadium. But I think the most encouraging thing was Brandon Woodruff a couple days later going right. out throwing a complete game shutout. Uh, he has missed a good chunk of the season with injury. So to see him fully, uh, you know, healthy and in complete peak form, uh, I think that's a, a really big sign that the Brewers will be dangerous. I mean, and the other thing that you mentioned, I'll just put some names and faces on the bullpen. Beyond Devin Williams, who everyone knows about, they have just produced another crop of relievers yeah. with ridiculous stuff. Uh, Joel Pyant and Abner Uribe are the two that people may not know, who I would expect you will know uh, in about a month. Good stuff, Zach. We, I'm sure we'll be checking back over the next few weeks. Thanks much. Thank you. Zach Kreiser, Yahoo Sports. Read all his stuff.